Reese, Bibbs, put the game on, man. I'm trying to see what Luca and them boys gonna do tonight, man. Mavs outside this podcast. Y'all know what time it is. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a new edition of the Mavs Outsiders Podcast. Now, I know we gave y'all a free episode in the middle of the week, but this is uh, uh, a middle of the, uh, I said middle of the week. We just, see, I'm tired, right? This is, <laughs> this is my, this is my uh, tired bibs moment, okay? So, I know we gave y'all an episode in the middle of the week, but this is our weekly regular episode. I'm joined as always by my uh, previously mentioned co-host Michael Bibbins, aka Bibbs. Find him at Bibbs Corner on <laughs> Bibbs Corner on Twitter. Bibbs Corner Podcast, where you find your podcast. Uh, we leaving the personal Instagram and personal Twitter out. Yeah, you can do that. You can we can leave that out. Leave that out. Got you. Uh, I am Maurice Williams, aka Reese, aka Mind of Reese, everywhere. Mind of Reese on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, where you find your podcasts, all of that. Brother, how you feeling? I mean, we we spoke, you know, we obviously we text, obviously we spoke Thursday, three days ago because of the deadline. So actually, I usually ask how you feeling just to get this quickly out of the way between Thursday and now. How do you feel? Have your feelings about the trade changed? So my feelings about the trade itself have not changed one bit. Um, <clears throat> however, the reaction online to the trade has triggered me in many ways. But we can get into that later in the podcast. Okay, I feel like that has a lot to do with not if yes, the agenda thing that you mentioned does that have anything to do with it i mean that's a little bit of a teaser but yes we definitely about to address this agenda i I said nod if yes that way so they won't know but anyway you didn't pick up on that (laughs) (laughs) i i was gonna mention the teaser anyway so um my my opinion on it has not changed um i'm carrying this how i carried the jason kidd higher I came on here every week and I said am I okay with it no but he's here now so I'm gonna give him a chance obviously you know the the episode did very well it's in our top five in three days shout out to everybody that showed love not only did y'all show love and listen to it y'all tweeted about it on the timeline got engagement uh got the word out there word of mouth is everything so we greatly appreciate it 400 something people listened which means 400 something people heard me trash this trade which means <laughs> if this trade turns out being great and Spence and even Bertans or one of the other ends up playing great for us then I'm going to have people saying oh what do you think about the trade now I'm just going <laughs> to let y'all know right now you're not going to be able to do that with me because I don't want these guys to be bad for us that's dumb I'm just you know on the surface didn't look good but my thoughts haven't changed but i'm having an open mind especially after the game last night oh man but we'll get to that uh before we get to last night's game let's start at the beginning of the week on tuesday we played the detroit pistons at home this has been a long uh long homestand that we've had i don't know how we got so lucky uh (laughs) but we are going into a long road uh road trip so 
started off Detroit. We went, well, they came into Dallas, defeated them 116 to 86, 30 point victory. Uh, this was barbecue chicken. This was easy food, uh, like putting noodles in the goddamn microwave quick and easy. Uh, after a while, I was watching it. I, I saw we were blowing them out. I said, yep, time to turn something else on. Uh, <laughs> this, this what I'm pretty sure this was a game neither of us were really worried about is Detroit with all due respect to Detroit they suck so uh, if we did lose this game we would probably be spending like an extra five minutes talking about why we shouldn't have lost but yeah, easy victory here great showing by Luka great showing by the starting lineup uh, Trey Burke with 18 off the bench uh, an efficient 18 shooting 7 for 12 4 for 6 from 3 uh, everybody that needed to step up stepped up and then some uh, and it resulted in 30 point victory any thoughts on the game or uh, no I mean you you pretty much hit most of it definitely don't want to spend too much time on this one but I it felt good again to to play a trash opponent and treat them like a trash opponent Absolutely. Uh, we took care of business in this one in three quarters I think Luke and Brunson I don't think they really uh, played much in the fourth if at all uh, Burke had 18 points in 21 minutes off the bench. Uh, Maxi came back in this game. I've uh, been out for a little while. And, uh, you know, I put in my notes that Moses Brown played in this game for the first time in 13 games, but uh, <laughs> that's not really that significant right now. Um, the only other thing I wanted to say is, you know, I've, I've been hearing about Sadiq Bay for for years and eons and ages. Uh, so I, I, since y'all love Sadiq Bay so much, let's look at what he did in 31 minutes, three points, three boards, Six assists, a steal, and a block. He was one for 11 from the field, one for seven from three. Uh, you know, I don't have any animosity towards Sadiq Bey. Uh, I wish him the best, but um, I, I appreciate him coming out there and showing y'all what a bad game looks like from Sadiq Bey. And it this happens pretty often for him, but for whatever reason, fans like to focus on when he has a good game and talk about how we should have drafted him over Josh. And again, he could very well be a much better player than Josh Green at the end of the day when his rookie contract is up, when decisions are being made. But, you know, y'all are overhyping this dude. He's not established. He's not out here killing every night. He has games like this all the time where he's just putting up bricks. And he gets to do that because his team is ass and they give him all the minutes anyway. He, he can go out there and chunk up anything all the time with no consequences. So that's why every now and then he's going to have a good, good game. You know, he is a professional basketball player at the end of the day. Um, I just had to get that off my chest real quick. Um, but yeah, I understand that. Uh, I do believe that Sadiq Bey is better than Josh Green right now. Uh, I don't know anybody that would tell you different. But, I mean, I'm, I'm past the point. It's been two fucking years. Like, I'm not about to be like, oh, we didn't draft this. Who gives a shit? We have who we have. So old. It, so it, get get over it, especially the Desmond, especially with Desmond Bain and Sadiq Bay. Like, <laughs> oh my god, uh, like get over it, please. Like, y'all sound like bitter exes, Josh Green. And, and you know what bothers me? You mentioned something, and this is the last thing I'll say. It's not even about the Detroit game; it's about Josh Green. Right. I've been meaning to say this for a while now. You say that people only seem to mention when Sadiq Bay has good games. People do the same thing with Josh Green and vice versa. But Josh Green will have good games, and I'll barely hear people in the timeline or people will say, you know, oh, he's having a good game, or the people that doubted him will give him credit but not necessarily say they were wrong. But as soon as he has a bad game, they're saying, see, I told you this dude couldn't play basketball. Like, come on, man. Yeah. That's corny. Let's not do that. He's uh, ours. 
he's a kid. <laughs> you know, I, I personally like I'm I'm very harsh to the established players, but I'm very easy on the kids because they have to the learn and grow. And the more confidence that is instilled in them, the better it is. And I know Josh Green reads Twitter. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> that's that's one huge part of it. So I'm not gonna make I'm not gonna be doing I'm gonna be doing my part, I should say to not add to any negativity that he's dealing with because he's a Dallas Maverick and I want the best for him. And because the best for him is the best for us. Absolutely. So coming out of Detroit, uh, well, not coming out of Detroit, Detroit leaving Dallas, and there's another team coming in town for a doubleheader, uh, not a back-to-back, but a doubleheader. The Los Angeles Clippers, our old friends, our old rivals. First game was on Thursday. Defeated them 112 to 105. Luca got the news of KP being traded, and the boy went stupid. 51 points, nine rebounds, six assists, one steal, one block, 17 of 26 from the field. Efficient as hell. Seven of 14 from the three point line, and 10 of 14 from free throw range. Career high in points. Almost got the uh, franchise record for points, but did not achieve it but this is tough because he has so many but you can argue this is Luca's best game ever it it was a Luca masterclass it like you see the 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 three point percentage 50% the free throw percentage i think was uh close to like 70 um maybe not quite so you know yes, never, 71% okay so yeah so i mean <clears throat> Like you, it's pretty much a perfect game for them almost. I don't know what the turnovers look like, but the Clippers play us a certain way, uh, and it leads to Luca having to do a lot because what for whatever reason Jalen Brunson can't really get his game off, so Luca ends up either having to score everything or set everybody up because nobody else is able to create. The Clippers are built; they're like they have like seven, six, five to six, nine type of guys that they play all the time and so it, it causes problems for the offense that we want to run yeah this um, is a wing heavy team for sure so you know luca coming out i, I had to tweet before the game uh, i think i can't remember what sj said but i responded now nah, these boys are happy about this trade everybody looked loose before the game in the warm-ups i was looking at him dfs got his extension 55 mil he was cheesing the whole time dapping people up hugging um the the mood and the vibes like didn't look like the team had just surprisingly traded their second best player it looked like you know that annoying co-worker that we had in the office is gone and let's go hoop and that's what they did man facts uh Jalen Brunson did have a rough game like you mentioned uh one thing about the Clippers they have done it multiple times this season they're never out of it, no matter how big the lead is, no matter how comfortable you feel. You should never feel comfortable in the driver's seat against the Los Angeles Clippers. You have to keep your foot on their necks. And sometimes even when you keep your foot on their necks, they're strong enough to get it up off you. So uh, the 112-105 score does seem pretty close, but to be quite honest, for most of this game, it didn't feel that close. The way Luca played, I never really felt like we were in jeopardy of losing this game. Uh, but the Clippers did, I don't want to say, gave me a scare, but they had some fight left in them. Uh, and that showed in the second game of the doubleheader where we lost to the Los Angeles Clippers, 99-97. to 97. Uh, Came down to a last 
minute heave by Luca. It was missed. I sat on the timeline. Go for three. Don't go into overtime. Give the ball to Luca. I'll live with whatever shot we get. And I meant it. I, I, I'm not taking it back. Could we have gotten a better shot? Sure. Maybe we could have called the timeout, got a better look from the out of bounds play. But you got the ball to your best player. He got a look that he liked, I guess. We live with it. It's okay. Uh, we didn't come out 3-0, and but we came out 2-1. Uh, Luca had another great game, 45 points, 15 rebounds, eight assists, shot 15 to 33 from the field this time, 45%, but still not bad. Six of 13 from three, still fantastic. Nine of 13 from the free throw line. Uh, Jalen Brunson played better this game, putting up 22 points, eight of 17, four of seven from three, two of four from the free throw line. Uh, it was a few issues I had with this game. Sometimes, uh, I tweeted that. Sometimes I'm stuck between Luca doing too much and not doing enough. Uh, and and it's a re- it's a really great area because he'll do it in a game where I see in this game and he's cooking. And he's trying to do heat checks. And I can't remember what quarter it was in, but I remember he brought the ball up the court and they were getting the switch on Zubak consistently. It's like at some point the Clippers just drops, stop trying to stop the switch. So. He's getting a switch on Zubak. Obviously, that's what they're hunting. And, you know, he's dribbling. He doesn't get a look he likes. He kicks it to Brunson, and Brunson Brunson kicks it right back to him. He dribbles again. And it was one point he came up the court, and no one touched the ball at all. And I understand you're hot, best player on the team. We know a lot of these guys can't create. But it's not about one person creating offense. It's about moving the ball, breaking down the defense, creating offense for the entire team sometimes and i'm not saying that lost us the game that's that's not the case i'm just saying these are things sometimes that i don't like to see i wish he would get out of this habit uh i put that on coaching as well we need coach kid to get him out of these habits but luca's been doing this for so long it's probably going to be hard to break but when you're cooking we understand you're cooking but sometimes when you're that hot it's probably best not to have the ball in your hands sometimes because the defense is going to have to pay attention to you no matter where you are on the court. Regardless, if you have the ball in your hand or not, you're not a great off-ball offensive player, but they have to respect you enough to know where you are on the court at all times. So I'm just saying, don't let the ball sit for too long. Don't like to see it. Uh, I'm okay with this loss. It is what it is. Uh, I didn't feel a way about it when it happened. I'll live with it. On to the next. So you, you hit on a lot of things. I'm going to try to remember everything that you mentioned because I wanted to touch on a few of them. Um, first of all, you know, we got the loss. I, I came into the week. I predicted we would split. It, it's hard to beat a good team twice. Uh, a well-coached team. Uh, Ty Lue, probably one of the best coaches in the league. I think that's – I don't know. I don't think that's debatable at this point. Top five. And he, like I said, he play, He he knows how to play Luka. Um, and that sounds weird to say, seeing that we, we cooked them to the tune. I think he's averaging like 36 points a game against them. But what I mean by that is that, first of all, he has the length. So if Brunson gets the ball and tries to make something happen, 
they got guys digging on him. Like it's difficult for Brunson to create against this team. He's already not the greatest at, at creating, but it's incredibly difficult for him to create against this team because they play you straight up. They don't come over and double team. They are, they are trusting their defenders to do their job. And when they do come off their man, they're coming off with a purpose. They're not just leaking off casually. Uh, they're very disciplined defensively. But Luca is so great that he's able to cook these guys one-on-one. He's huge, so if there's a smaller guy on him, he can bully him. If there's a bigger guy on him, he can get blow by him. And if they're the same size, then he can, again, figure out how to manipulate him to get whatever shot he wants to get off. And he's, again, one of the best players in the league. He's, he's going to cook in that scenario where you're allowing him to play one-on-one. But that is also the smart way to play him. Uh, it reminds me of Coach Popovich and how he used to coach and like let the one guy go off and shut down everybody else. If he scores 100 points and beats us, then it is what it is. But we're not going to allow him to go out there and get his game off while also getting his teammates involved. Right. Uh, and so, and, and there was a lot of stuff. You know what? I'm going to save it for the agenda part. Uh, the second thing you said was about Luca's decision making. Luca in this game reminded me that he's young. And this is the same problem I have with Donovan Mitchell. They have, you have to, as a player, figure out as a player, shout out to art, uh, (laughs) figure out how to pick your spots. And that's something that young players struggle with usually. And this is why I say like, you're not really in your prime until you in your upper twenties. Yeah. Luca had a hard time picking his spots. There were times where he would get to the hole and instinctively looked to pass to somebody because, you know, he, he felt probably like he was hogging the ball. He wanted to get other people involved. But if you're one-on-one and the guys aren't coming off their men, nobody is open. So he had a lot of stupid turnovers and situations where he was trying to make a pass and there was no pass to make. Uh, there were a couple he threw directly to the defender. And it was like, Luca, shoot the ball, man. Just put it up. They're, they're playing you one-on-one. You're at the rim. Put it up. Until they ch- take that away from you, keep doing it. I don't care how many how who calls you a ball hog at the end of the day. Um, so that's that's one thing I noticed. Um, I can't remember there was something else you said that I wanted to hit. Oh, there were two things I needed to mention uh, that happened in this game. So actually, Marquise Chris got hurt in the first Clippers game and did not play in this one, which meant we we lacked size in the middle. They definitely took advantage of that. Um. Trey Burke got hurt early in the game. I think he only played two minutes. I believe it was a dislocated shoulder. Some people said they saw it pop out. I didn't see all of that, but I knew he was holding it funny as he was walking off. So that could leave him out for a little while. Uh, But that also meant that our one guy off the bench who can do something with the ball comfortably was gone. And the uh, Sterling Brown apparently hasn't been on the injury report, but has not played in these last couple of games either. Uh, and the last part of the KP trade from the previous game was that not only did we lose KP, but we also waived Moses to allow this trade to go through. Then Whitney and Bertans did not play, so we were shorthanded. That left our bench, after all the dust settles on the things that I just mentioned, as being Maxi, Josh Green, and Frank. They proceeded to shoot two for 14 and score a total of four points off the bench. That's all we got from my bench in this game that we lost by two points. Now, you might look at that and say it's a disaster. Panic. Ah, I say we're Dinwiddie and Bertans can play Tuesday, I believe. 
plugged yeah. in Winnie and Bertons into that group, it's a completely different story. I mean, I will say this. I was looking and I tweeted out, I said, we have two bench points. And I don't think people knew this because they were tweeting me like, wait, what? Like, we have two bench points. <laughs> and <laughs> and I thought to myself, I was like, man, maybe Spencer ain't so bad. But some of his box scores ain't that great either. But I'm going to be honest, it's no way he's he's adding something to that bench. Yeah. Like, it was, we were stretched very thin. Uh, you know I love Frank. You know I love Josh. You know I love Maxie. But they were in brick mode the, the other day. Uh, I had to call them out. Interpol, y'all, y'all let me down on the offensive end. Like they were making plays on defense. They were getting steals. They were they were making things happen and then going down the other end and and missing layups. So yeah, it is what it is. Uh, shout out to Josh for taking seven shots, even though he missed six of them. Uh, that's that's promising. He took seven of the fourteen shots off the bench. I think Maxie took three and Frank took four. Uh, again, they these are things they have to do, but hopefully they have to do a little bit less starting on Tuesday when Spencer Dinwiddie is able to start setting them up, which helps them do what they do even more. Instead of Frank having to have the ball in his hands, he can catch and shoot, which he's been successful at. Instead of Josh having to create off the bounce, he can cut and get hit with passes or get, catch alley-oops like he's comfortable doing. And then Maxie cannot be the only tall dude that can shoot on the court if he's playing beside Bertan. So, um, I'm excited to see these new dudes plugged in. I think that that game kind of highlighted for us that we, we kind of need some 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 uh, additional punch off the bench. Um, but I am worried about our big man depth at the same time with, um, again, KP gone, Moses gone, and now Chris Hurt as well, and it's knee soreness, which <laughs> who knows what that means. Uh, yeah, right now it's just looking like the Dwight Powell and Maxi Kleba show, which as far as big men go, I'm not counting Davis Bertans in that at all. Dude is I, I respect dude, that. Dude is a small forward. <laughs> a tall forward. Yeah, a tall forward. <laughs> um so yeah, it's it's definitely looking pretty rough. Um I don't expect Marquise Chris to miss too much time, but to be honest, even still with Marquise Chris, our quality of depth mm-hmm. at the big man position is not great, especially going into the playoffs where I mean, granted, we have defended the center position well, despite the uh, lack of size we have. But the playoffs is a different beast when you're going mm-hmm. against guys like Jokic, DeAndre Ayton, Rudy Gobert. Uh, who am I missing? Hell, Steven Adams. Yeah. And here's the thing, or John Morant even, because he likes to get inside the paint. Yeah. Um the thing, the difference between a regular season matchup and a playoff matchup is a regular season matchup. You know, you just played two days ago. You barely had time to really prepare for this game. A playoff matchup, coaches are sitting down every night preparing for one team, and mm-hmm. they're going to attack that soft middle every single night. And there's not a damn thing we can do about it with our current roster. Not at all. Uh, that's something I really wish we could have tried to address at the deadline. Um, but maybe nothing was on the table maybe they just didn't care to who knows uh i'm not gonna try to speculate on that the trade deadline is over um but yeah the only rumor i know for sure is that we were working on something with the raptors i believe it was going to be like Dragic, boucher and something along those lines for kp and they pulled out at the last minute and i think that might have left us scrambling a little bit because we knew we wanted kp gone um, but I think by that time, 
the package we had with the Wizards might have centered around trying to get Montrez Harrell as well, but but they had already traded him to the Hornets at this point, and <clears throat> so like whatever big men options were out there, we just didn't have time to to secure. I'm curious if they do try to get somebody on the the buyout market like a Robin Lopez or whatever the case may be. I, I do think that that is a huge hole in our roster. I think we do need a big body. I mean, I've been screaming it forever, but even now more than ever, we need a man, big man with some cakes. Yeah. I, oh my God. You had to add that. Um, I would like a Robin Lopez on this team, but I was hearing rumors that the magic wanted a first round pick for Robin Lopez. So yeah. Uh, that they will be smoking extreme dick if that's the case. But um, <laughs> I would have liked a Daniel Gafford uh, because I think as far as value goes, he has the lowest value on that Wizards team out of the bigs, Harold Gafford and Bryant. Um, if there was a way to get him in the deal, you think he has the lowest value? I think so. They, they did just give him an extension. They did. Okay, then maybe Thomas Bryant. Well, and Thomas so Bryant is coming made, off that injury, so yeah. Yeah, Thomas Bryant coming off the injury, and then Harold was expiring. So that was right. the three. They had to make a decision. I guess they chose Harold as the odd man out. But the thing is, they still have three centers because there's no way they're going to play KP exactly. at power forward. Exactly. So, <laughs> so they, they really didn't change anything. <laughs> no, they basically just said, get Montrez Harold goodbye. We're going to use KP to be our – I don't know what the Wizards did. I feel like they have a lot of redundancies. And yeah. Bertans made the comment that guys were fighting for playing time or like, yeah, the guys were like battling for playing time. So there wasn't really any chemistry because everybody saw everybody else, the ops. Um, and they are in the same exact boat, except now they have one point guard on their roster and three power forwards and three centers. Two point like, guards. Who's the other one? Uh, Raul Neto and Ish Smith. Oh, they did get Ish in the trade. Okay. Yeah. So they got two point guards on the roster. They pretty much know what their roles are going to be. They'll probably split minutes. Right. And then they have Rui, Denny, um, Kyle Kuzma at the power forward. And then they have, you know, like we just said, KP, Gafford, and Thomas Bryant fighting for minutes at the center. Like they're still in the same boat. I expect them to, I guess, be busy during the draft, hopefully, or they're going to continue to have the same issues, but whatever. Like I wouldn't have mind sending them a Trey Burke. And getting back a Thomas Bryant, just adding that. I don't know how the money would have worked, but adding that to the already the trade we already had. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, if if it was a fifth, we'd all be drunk. Doesn't matter now. <laughs> Moving forward, we have the roster that we have. But I hope the Mavs. Obviously, I don't think we're going after Dragic. I do believe Nico. When they said that, uh, they say they like the roster set. I I hope that's not true because, like you said, the buyout it could be some good bigs in the buyout market. And uh, Robin Lopez is definitely one of them, uh, uh, under the radar center, who can really get the job done. We don't need him to do much. We just need him to do what he's good at, and that's rebound and play some defense. So we'll see moving forward how they handle that. But uh, since that's it for the games, we're going to take a quick ad break, and then the soapbox is back up, and Bibbs is on it this week as opposed to me. I don't know what he's going to say. I'm just as in the dark as y'all, so... We'll see when we get back. So I know you uh you probably got used to hearing bibs for a while on this ad, but uh I'm gonna take over the reins again uh to tell you a bit about our ad, our sponsor, Anchor. Uh back in 2020, during the pandemic, I finally took the opportunity 
to start my own podcast. The only issue was I had no idea where to start. Um, I didn't have any podcast equipment, uh, no camera, no microphone, you know, uh, any things that you see in a studio. But what I did have was my cell phone, and that's why I discovered the Anchor app. Anchor is the perfect app for new podcasters, for beginning podcasters, for people to start their very own podcast. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, like I mentioned. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast through other platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. So it's doing most of the work for you. All you have to do is hit play, press record, and get your work out there to the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And the best thing of all, Anchor is totally free. And on top of it being free, you can acquire your own sponsors like the ad I'm doing right now through Anchor. So you have an app for free that you can possibly make money off of. Seems like a fantastic deal to me. If you're interested in starting your own podcast with the Anchor app, Make sure you download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Tell them Reese sent you. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. It's a joyous occasion. Comes around once a week. Soapbox bibs. What's on the agenda for the day, brother? You got the mic. You did say agenda. Let me get a, let me get my Reese on, get in the mic and like tap it or something so it makes some sounds. So I got the, <laughs> <laughs> I got the foam in there so it might not make no sounds. But uh, so since this trade has gone down, you know, I understood people saying, oh, it was a bad trade. Oh, they shouldn't have done it. Oh, they've given up on KP. I had to deal with, with Knicks fans talk like oh we won the trade because y'all gave up on kp man shut the hell up y'all are the 12th team in in the east y'all got bigger problems than worrying about what we doing okay i I understand if y'all needed to to escape y'all's trash ass situation for like five minutes and talk about something else i understand i get that right but we are the five seed in the west we played 21 games without christoph sporzingis him coming off the roster is basically we might as well just pretend he got hurt for the rest of the season. What's the difference? Oh, the difference is we actually got some some bodies back to replace him. Why are y'all worried about what we doing? Y'all y'all so focused on your ex. This is his second team since he left y'all. Y'all still on Facebook stalking his statuses to see what dates he going on and how he's doing his relationship. Come on, man. That's pathetic. And while I'm on that topic, let me go ahead and address Mass fans following Josh Richardson. Leave him alone. He he's gone. All right. Way too many basketball fans that care about what their ex is doing. They're off your team. Unless they did something completely harmful to you in some way, shape, or form that, that was devastating and you can't get over. Just shut up, man. Just move on. Move on with your life. Focus on the team you got in front of you, even if they're the 12th seed in the East. Now, <clears throat> that's one topic. The real thing I wanted to talk about is that one of the reactions to this trade that I was not anticipating, I probably should have, 
but it's been quiet out there for this is Luca just wants stats. Luca wants to be James Harden. Luca's going to be James Harden now that KP is gone. Luca uh, just wants to, to score points. He doesn't care about winning. The Mavs aren't going to get out of the first round. They don't care. Blah, 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 blah. What are y'all talking about? I said it earlier. The Clippers play us a certain way. It kind of forces Luca to have to do everything, right? So playing the Clippers right after that trade kind of put us in a situation where uh, uh, we're going to have two games in a row where Luca goes off and people are going to say, this is how Luca wants to play now. KP was already gone. Nothing changed. <laughs> Nothing changed as far as the roster composition with, with KP being injured and KP being traded. I don't know how that makes sense to y'all to say that suddenly we're going to change everything we do because KP is gone. He was already gone. He had not played for five or six games up to that point. What are y'all talking about? I had somebody come in my mentions today um, saying something along the lines of, yeah, but what about all the other games where KP was out? Blah, 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 blah. Because I had posted the comment saying, you know, I think that that this these two matchups against the Clippers have people talking crazy about Luka, but we'll see him settle back into his own game um, against other teams. Like, it won't look like this every night for the rest of the season. Uh, and somebody tried to challenge me, and I came back, and I was like, we played 17 games this year or Luca played 17 games this year where KP wasn't there. They had a couple games. I think there were three games where both of them were out. Luca without KP this season is averaging 25.3 points, 8.8 rebounds and 9.2 assists. Let me say that again. 25.3, 8.8, Luca's season averages for the year. This is games with or without KP total are 27.2, 9.1, and 9.1. He literally averages two more points with KP on the court or not. Three-tenths of a rebound difference and one-tenth of an assist difference. It's literally one-shot difference between with or without KP. Again, what the fuck are y'all talking about? Talking out of your asses. Oh, Luca wants this, this, this. He wants to dominate the ball. No, he doesn't. He wants to pass. He wants to set people up. In the Clippers game, too much so that he was forcing stupid passes when he should have been sh- taking shots. If you hate him, then hate and st- continue to hate. I appreciate when my guys are hated. I love it. I, I revel in it. I enjoy it especially when I know you're completely wrong. And this is one of those scenarios. So I I put my statement out, but I want y'all to continue to hate. Continue to hate and be wrong and loud and and stupid. Continue to be dumb. On the other side of that is the Mavs fans talking about an MVP push. Oh, my God. Why? Why? Why are we worried about an MVP? 
what are we doing? That those types of comments feed into that bullshit narrative that Luca just wants to to be flashy and, and get points and win awards for himself. He's selfish and he doesn't care about winning. That those type of comments feed into that. I could not care less about Luca winning an MVP award ever. Unless he puts in the work first, then I might talk, start talking about it. Right now, I'm talking about trying to move up the standings in the West. Do not care about that individual award. Do not care about all NBA. That does not, that's not something that's on my mind. I'm thinking about how the Dallas Mavericks move from here. I'm not thinking about how Luka moves from here. And, and, and the accolades he might be able to get from here. Again, nothing has changed besides the fact that KP is no longer in the way to have to figure out how to play around him, how to get him involved, how available is he going to be? I don't have to worry about those things anymore. Besides that, this Dallas Mavericks team has not changed very much. Oh, we also have another ball handler off the bench. So that, that's another change. That could also cut into to Luca having to be on the court so long. Potentially, hopefully. I'm not worried about his individual numbers at all. I like to see him get himself back into shape. Uh, I love to see him get a shot right because that means that the Dallas Mavericks will start winning. I'm not a Luka fan. I'm a Dallas Mavericks fan. I was a Dallas Mavericks fan before Luka. I almost said something very graphic. I was a Dallas Mavericks fan before Luka's mom's eggs was fertilized. All right. And I will continue to be one after Luka retires. Or phone him grave. So worrying about his individual accolades is not on my mind at all. And I would appreciate it if I didn't have to see the bullshit on my timeline. But I'm going to still make the agenda jokes. I'm going to still make the agenda jokes all day because that's what I do to not go off on y'all every single day on the timeline. I channel my energy into jokes so I'm not cussing people out on the timeline. That is why Optimus Bibbs exists. And I wish it had never happened, but it is here we are. So with that said, the agenda is clear. Lucas coming. And the Dallas Mavericks are coming. Maurice, you can you can you can come back, brother. Pause. <laughs> anyway yeah to, to, to everything you said especially the mvp shit man come on we not doing that and i tell people all the time like you know i see a lot of mass fans they be like oh my goodness i can't believe this team is doing this uh luca's gonna leave and i'm gonna leave with him hey y'all can go in but i'll tell you straight up i still rock with luca but i've been, been a dallas mass fan since i knew the little motherfucker was even alive so yeah i'm gonna continue to be one on phone them grave We'll be back with the unsung hero in the weekly forecast after these messages. Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. 
I'm talking Luka Doncic getting Navica Zubak on a switch, on a pick and roll too good to pass up. Barbecue chicken cooked. You won't be cooked because new customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN, bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Avoid where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the TN Redline 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope NY four six seven three six nine. Damn girl, fuck that was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy as hell. They had you do all that. I I just knew you was about to do Hope Penny again. No, nah, I couldn't do it. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, for the weekly closing segment. We know y'all look forward to it every week. It's pretty much our staple that at this point is part of what we're known for. I will give you the unsung hero of the week. Brother Bibbs will hook us up with the weekly forecast, what we have to look forward to next week. So, without further ado, no drum roll, I don't need it. I'm going to give you the Mavs Outsiders Unsung Hero of the Week, and it goes to back-to-back winner, Mr. Reggie Bullock. Reggie Bullock has been extremely consistent lately, playing up up to and even sometimes above his contract. Losing Tim Hardaway Jr., he stepped in nicely. It's almost as if the production has not left. Hopefully, he can continue this production either throughout the season when our new players are implemented with Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans, and maybe even if Tim Hardaway Jr. returns this season, we're definitely going to need his defense and shooting in the playoffs. Hopefully, this is a sign of things to come for Mr. Bullock. He wins Mavs outside his unsung hero of the week back to back now I'm gonna go back to my brother Bibbs for the weekly forecast Bibbs thank you Reese you know it's uh been an interesting week I uh I feel like Reggie Bullock's actually becoming one of my favorite players these days it's uh been an interesting turnaround uh he might be a, a early front runner for unsung hero of the year what do you think uh hey man not too many people have won back to back and he's up there with Josh Green uh when it comes down to the end of the year, I had to tally the votes. It's going to be tough, but right now he's a candidate for me to buy a jersey. Who knows if he keep playing like this? <laughs> I don't buy jerseys 
unless you're worthy. Feel me? Now, let's get into this weekly forecast. We've got two games for the Dallas Mavericks this week. First, we're going down to Miami to feel the heat, and it is going to be hot, folks. The Miami Heat are on a five-game win streak. They've taken over the number one spot in the East. They are a beast, and they are not playing in the least bit. Uh, this is a dangerous team. You know, I haven't really been watching them this year, but they 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 will be a challenge. They have Bam out of Bayou from the Bayou, and I don't want to try you, but he might try to dominate the paint against us with just White Pal in the middle. Hey, diddle diddle, it's going to be a problem. Uh, moving forward in the week, we're going to New Orleans to play the Pelicans. And it looks like they're seeking relevance because they made a trade and got CJ McCollum. A lot of people wanted him to throw in the towel. And they said, how you like me now? Tow down. Come on down. And, you know, Zion, we haven't heard much about him. When's he coming back? They're likely making a push for the play in. They're a half game back of the Blazers right now. And they're definitely uh, trying to get to that spot. Should be an interesting game. Uh, CJ McCollum had 36 the other night, if I'm not mistaken. So nice way to close out things before we head into the all-star break. I would love to see us split these games at worst. If we can upset the Heat, it would be beautiful. But we definitely cannot lose to those Pelicans. We got to hold down our spot in the division. Now, special edition weekly forecast we got the all-star game and Luka Doncic is playing so I'm going to talk about it uh, Luka's on team LeBron if I'm not mistaken I honestly didn't look at the full rosters but somehow Luke, team LeBron is loaded Luka coming off the bench hopefully he does get loose I know historically Mavs have not gotten busy in this game but I feel like Luka will one day be the the exception I hope he has some fun I hope he throws some lobs I hope he does some tampering Reese, back to you. Uh, all right, I'm gonna ignore the tampering line, but um, as far as my predictions for the week, I'm gonna play it safe and go one and one. Miami Heat look like a contender in the East right now, uh, one of the few contenders in the league. Uh, I think if a guy like Jalen Brunson had a bad time against the Clippers. I think it's going to be a nightmare against the Miami Heat, but maybe I'm proving wrong. Uh, the Miami Heat have depth. They have shooting. They have playmaking. Jimmy Butler uh, is doing an amazing job at leading that team. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's going to get one of our bigs into foul trouble, most likely the way he gets to the goddamn line. But um, I've seen us go into games. I thought we had no business winning, and we came out with the victory. But like I said, to play it safe, I'm gonna go one and one. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely the safe call. Um, <clears throat> it's hard to predict a win against the Miami Heat, especially not knowing what our team look like looks like, and trying to integrate Spencer Dinwiddie and Bertans in that game is gonna make it interesting. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that that's a problem. Like if we split, that's that's a solid week for a five seed in the West. So, yeah. um, I don't really, I didn't want to do a prediction for the All Star game, really. But uh, I mean, how are you feeling about Luca potentially performing? I mean, I guess uh, <laughs> the All Star game is hard to predict because sometimes the starters don't even 
plays some of the most minutes. Like, there's no way you're telling me Andrew Wiggins is going to play more <laughs> minutes than most people in the All-Star game. Like, so I don't even know what Luca's minutes are going to look like. Uh, we'll see. I, I just want to, I just want to see a fun, semi-competitive game. Yeah. I mean, that's all we really want out of the All-Star game. So, uh, I already know you didn't like the, the, the Rise of Stars challenge, so we won't even talk about that. We won't even talk about that. But it should be fun. It should be a fun week. I'm ready for the All-Star break. Um, it's going to make that following week pretty interesting, but uh, I think that's really all all I had. I did want to – I think we got a couple minutes here. We can we can briefly touch on some other stuff. Uh, as like plug our plug ourselves and whatnot on our way out here. Uh, okay. Plug. I mean, you talking about our other podcast or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just released the Mind of Reese podcast episode sixty three today. Released it this morning. Uh, in honor of the Super Bowl, which took place today. Uh, we ranked our top ten Super Bowls of the twenty first century. That's the year 2000 until now. Uh, this is the first. It was fun doing this. I always love doing these rankings with them. But this is the first time we did one where it was where no one was like, all right, Derek, like your, your list is fucking crazy. Like, so uh, it was fun to do nothing egregious. Uh, it was fun reminiscing on some of those games, some games I haven't talked about or seen in a very long time uh, going down memory lane. Uh, Jerron is also a Sixers fan for the people who know. So he gave his thoughts on the Joel Embiid trade. I mean, oh my goodness, Joel Embiid trade, the James <laughs> Hart, the James Harden trade, the James Harden trade. Um, I didn't talk much about the, the Mavs trade on there since we did it on our part. I just, you know, summarize some stuff, but, um, yeah, there's that. Uh, football season is over so going forward on the podcast we're going to be doing a lot more discussions and topics and things that's going on in pop culture since we're not talking about football every week um, I must try to start having guests come on again um, but yeah that, that, that that's really it uh, I'm going to be back on YouTube soon hopefully within the next two weeks so be on the lookout for that subscribe to the YouTube at Mind of Reese make sure y'all check out the uh the Mavs Outsiders Instagram. I've been posting on there the past few days. I'm going to continue to do so at Mavs Outsiders Pod on Instagram. Uh, even posted a little questions thing. Got a little interactive on there. Uh, asked people give their grades on the Mavs trade a few days later. So, uh, going to be content on there. Obviously, the Twitter and be on the lookout for YouTube. And I know people have been asking about that YouTube. So, they, thank you for mentioning that. Um, on my side of the world, <clears throat> I'm actually just now starting this last requirement for this degree, and it's it's a big project. I, I'm probably gonna it's gonna slow me down in a lot of regards to some other stuff I'm doing, but it should be over by the end of March. But I'm still gonna try to get these reviews cranked out on the Bibs Corner Pod. Uh, now, two things I've watched recently: I did go and see um, Death on the Nile this weekend and i know reese you said you were going to potentially see it tomorrow yeah so depending on how that goes we could maybe do a knockout a review if you're not available i will definitely do that one solo if i have to okay I'll let um, you know. same time i watched the first episode of bel-air ah that came out today didn't it they dropped the first three episodes so okay the first episode was an hour so i just watched one i thoroughly enjoyed it 
thoroughly enjoyed it. They they started out with J. Cole and then immediately transitioned to Freeway. Like in the first minute you got J. Cole <laughs> and Freeway. So question, question. If we're not able to do Death on the Nile, would you like to review the first three episodes of Bel Air? I just want to talk about the first one. Okay. Um Sean said he was gonna watch it tonight, so he's also potentially available for that. I'll probably watch uh, it tomorrow. Okay, so however it goes, if you want, if you would prefer to do that one, we can definitely do that one, and that'll just make everything easier for me. Anyway, yeah, we'll see. All right, cool. Um, but I'll do. I'm doing both. I'm, I'm definitely reviewing both. Yeah. Definitely want to knock that out tomorrow if I can. Um, before the Heat game on on Tuesday, since I try not to double up recording all in game days. Gotcha. But but uh, I like I said, I, I won't get into it too deep. But I definitely enjoyed it. I think they actually had Freeway as the coach of the basketball team in Philly. Um, and they actually do start out in Philly. You get a good glimpse of Will's life before he leaves. Okay. Uh, I love what they did with the characters. I love what they did with um, the relationship between him and Carlton. Um, it's not as jokey, but the tension is there and, and it, it worked for me. I like how they changed the characters. It's, it's definitely something, like I said, I'm going to do a full review on Bibs, the Bibs Corner podcast, so definitely check for that. But quick elevator review. If you halfway were interested, definitely check it out. Uh, I'll sell you even further on the Bibs Corner podcast. That's, again, just the Bibs Corner podcast. Uh, at Bibs Film is where I usually post most of that content. Um, and I guess you could follow me on Instagram, at M, as in Mary Bibs, uh, if you want to. I'm trash at Instagram, though, so don't, don't get, your, don't, get your, <laughs> your, don't expect too much. Uh, so before we close it out, I know you're not a trailer guy. You like to go into things not knowing too much. Mm-hmm. You did not check any trailers out today, I assume. I did not, and I saw people talking about them, and I almost started putting stuff in the mutes. You should. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. I saw a lot of talk about different trailers, and I was like, "Shit! Like, let me be careful on the timeline." Uh, the Jordan Peele trailer dropped. Yep. Don't want to see that. Definitely don't want to see that. Yeah, I, I, I mean, to be honest, Although, I watched it out of curiosity, but Jordan Peele is one of those, he's in the vein of a Christopher Nolan now and a Quentin Tarantino is like, oh, the new such and such movie is coming out. You don't even need to watch a trailer. At all. Like, yeah, because to be and honest, I, if you watch the trailer, he doesn't give you anything. So I was going to say. same as if you didn't watch it. He almost misleads you in his trailers a he lot does. of times. So, yeah. Like, I, I don't want to be misled. I want to go in. I'd rather go in blind. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, if I am going to watch a trailer, I would prefer to be misled. But at the same time, I don't, I don't need that. It's Jordan Peele. I'm going to be in the theater. So, um, the trailer for Doctor Strange, obviously. I heard people um, talking about that. Did you watch the Jurassic World Dominion trailer? I don't even know if I saw the last Jurassic World movie. Thank God you didn't. <laughs> one of the worst films I ever watched in theaters. I think um, that's probably why I didn't watch it. <laughs> um, I saw a trailer during the Super Bowl for a movie on coming to Netflix called The Adam Project. Uh, A-T-O-M? Huh? A-T-O-M? Adam. A-D-A-M. Is it a sequel? No. Okay. Yeah, I'm so trying to think, think if I know Netflix about it. It's a Netflix original. It has Zoe Saldana. Um, Mark Ruffalo and Ryan Reynolds. It, it looks pretty neat. It's it coming in pretty... March. Okay. Yeah. I, I usually don't look a month ahead. I usually start Mar- on the first of that month and look at what's coming out that month. So I yeah. this is not one that was on my radar yet. Yeah, it looks pretty good. This is my first time hearing about it. So okay. Uh, 
Awesome. Is that um, apparently Lord of the Rings has a prequel movie coming to Amazon Prime? I saw people talking about that too. Um, I saw somebody said they they maybe need to go back and watch the Lord of the Rings movies because the trailer looked that, that crazy. The trailer looked great. I just I'm not going back to watch no fucking Lord of the Rings. Have you you haven't seen it either? Or the, them? The, the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen them. That's why I'm not okay. going back. No, to this them. person had not seen them ever. Oh, okay. And the trailer was so good they wanted to see them. Oh, okay. Reminds me of the Force Awakens when I went back and watched all the Star Wars movies because I was curious. Yeah. Um, I'm just if that person is listening, <laughs> you're gonna not gonna be disappointed as in their bad movies. It's just the shit they showed in that trailer. You are not gonna see in no fucking Lord of the Rings. <laughs> you also have to remember Lord of the Rings came out twenty fucking years ago. So true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's it. Uh, not much coming up on the agenda. I don't know what the next movie is gonna be for me after Death on the Nile. Uh, I'll have to look into some things, but the Batman. that's next month though, right? Yeah, but I mean, there's nothing really coming out. I think Dog comes out. Oh, Uncharted. Uncharted is the next one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We said we were going to do Uncharted. Yeah, okay. Okay. So, <laughs> when does Uncharted come out? This month? Come out next next week. Oh, okay, cool. Back-to-back weeks. Cool. Yep. Um, I may go see that Saturday, sometime Saturday morning. I'm definitely seeing a Saturday. All right, cool. We'll We'll, we'll talk about that, but uh signing off my, my computer is about to die so yeah we're gonna sign off signing off for reese <laughs> signing off for reese and bibs we will holler at y'all next week run this up like y'all ran the emergency part up man and leave a review leave a star rating on apple podcast and spotify tweet us tweet us yes always tweet us we love to hear y'all tweet about the episodes and we'll holler at y'all peace peace